You may have gleaned that 2024 is going to be quite the democracy fest. Election calendars have aligned to the extent that at least 50 countries, including seven of the world's ten most populous, will decide this year whether to stick with the government they have or give some other mob a whack at it. In some respects, this vast looming chorus of the Vox Populi is cause for optimism, even excitement, and not just for those of us who have a foreign affairs program to fill every week. 2024 might yet serve as a reinvigoration of what appears to be a somewhat waning notion. At the turn of this century, a historical high of around 54% of the world's people lived in something at least resembling a democracy. We're now at around 30%, due substantially to backsliding by a couple of those bigger democracies. The VDEM Institute at the University of Gothenburg for one bunch of boffins has downgraded India to an electoral autocracy and assigns an even lower rating to Bangladesh, which this past weekend signally failed to get 2024 A World Decides off to an auspicious start, and is the subject of this week's explainer. Bangladesh makes headlines rarely, though it should. It is Earth's eighth biggest country by population, though gets crowded off the front pages by its even mightier neighbours India and Pakistan, both of whom also vote this year. If one merely glanced at those headlines this week, one might surmise that Bangladesh's 170 million people were pretty content with their lot. The Prime Minister, Sheikh Hasina, was returned for her fourth successive term, her fifth in total, as her party, the Awami League and its allies, cleaned up 223 of the 300 parliamentary seats that were available. Footnote, while there are 350 seats in Bangladesh's parliament, the Jatiya Sangsad, 50 are reserved for women, which are distributed proportionally to the 300 elected seats, so the Awami League will also collect most of these in due course. Anyway, listeners who had begun forming the assumption that a dramatic, foreboding, however, was bearing grimly down upon this explainer, may now briefly enact a triumphant fist clinch before the big moment. However... The Awami League's victory was made considerably easier by the fact that their principal opposition, the Bangladesh Nationalist Party, had announced that they weren't turning up for this one, and suggested that their supporters gave it a swerve as well. The BNP had wanted the government to resign ahead of the election and allow a neutral caretaker administration to oversee proceedings. If this sounds like a big ask, and it certainly isn't what happens in most parliamentary democracies, it does have precedent in Bangladesh. It's what happened in elections in 1991, 1996, 2001 and 2008. The BNP's contention was that those elections were pretty much on the level, and in fairness to the BNP they didn't win all of them, whereas when the Awami League has been in government they've doctored the pitch pretty shamelessly, stuffing ballot boxes, buying votes, co-opting media, locking up pesky opposition politicians and activists, and so forth. The whole election was, was in a way manipulated, in a way which is unprecedented. You know, we've seen bad elections in the past, but none really which has showed 
the kind of manipulation that went on here. There is, for these reasons, also precedent for the BNP boycotting a Bangladeshi election. They set out 2014 as well, and though they did contest 2018, they claimed it was pretty obviously cooked and they were not alone. However, back in 2013, Bangladesh's Supreme Court ruled that the practice of caretaker governments overseeing elections was unconstitutional. During this latest, often violent, election campaign, thousands of BNP members were arrested, including its leader, Mirza Fakhrul Islam Alamgir. He and more than 100 other senior BNP officials were charged with murder after a police officer was killed during a demonstration. And many of the apparent opposition candidates who did get elected at the weekend are in fact Awami League stooges, encouraged to stand as independents to make it look like a contest. They voted so enthusiastically, especially women and young generation, the first-time voter. So this is our, our opportunity, and I always believe that if I can, if we can, uh, we want to develop the country, then democracy must be prevailed there. The official line is that turnout was nevertheless 40%. On the one hand, miserable. On the other hand, not that far behind most EU parliament elections. But even this dismal figure is prompting astonished scoffing from those who counted the tumbleweed at Bangladeshi polling stations. This government is illegitimate. By a fake election, this is absolutely clear. The people of Bangladesh, by not going to vote in yesterday's elections, they have already proved that there cannot be any government by force. If any party does not participate in the election, it does not mean that there is no democracy. You have to consider whether people have participated or not. And you know that the, you mentioned the party. What they did? They said people. Bangladesh appears, therefore, to be joining that coterie of countries which can be thought of as one-party democracies, like South Africa, Turkey, Venezuela or Zimbabwe. Adding to the Awami League sense of entitlement is that Sheikh Hasina is what might be considered elected royalty. Her father, Sheikh Mujibur Rahman, is also remembered as the nation's father. He led Bangladesh to independence in the early 1970s and served as Prime Minister and President before being murdered, along with most of his family, during a coup d'etat in 1975. Sheikh Hasina only escaped the slaughter because she was overseas. The depressing, well, a depressing thing about this election is that the Awami League does have a record it could have run honestly on. Millions of Bangladeshis who lived in poverty when this period of Sheikh Hasina's premiership began no longer do. I have my accountability to people, to the people. Whether people accepted it or not, whether they have accepted this election or not, that is important. Other depressing things about this include the likelihood that an ever more authoritarian Bangladesh will drift further from the West and closer to China and Russia, which increasingly look more like Sheikh Hasina's natural allies. A one-party democracy is still a one-party state. For Monocle Radio, I'm Andrew Muller.